0: I'ma grind and go get it. No What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all know me. I'm Sid. Here with the homie Reg. What up, Reg? What up, Sid? Oh man. Nothing much. Nothing much. The uh, great week of sports. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, per usual, as usual, we starting off with the Saints. Uh, it was Falcons week for the second time in three weeks. Um, And this time we, we headed on to Georgia to take on a team who I felt and I knew was going to be pretty motivated to go in there and, and get a win because they had they had turned things around for uh for the most part heading into uh the last time we played them and and uh that ended up not going their way so I knew they would be motivated to try to get back at us um what did you think about this game
1: coming into this game I thought the Falcons was going to play their best football <clears> that They could present at the time against us. They just came off a big win against the Raiders. So, you know, they were coming in with high hopes and expectations, you know, to get some payback against us this week. Um, They waited too late to start playing. You know, I absolutely dislike the Falcons like every other Saints fan, but they're very talented on all side of the offensive side of the ball. And I thought they were going to come in and just really, like, let it all hang out from start to finish. And they kind of took a more conservative approach. Uh, Looking at this game, it looked a lot like the first time we met them, they kind of came in with the same exact offensive strategy to me, which plays in our favor more than theirs. Uh, I didn't understand that. Now, you know, given Julio's hurt, but they still have a whole lot of other weapons, and we saw some of those weapons make place for them in the second half of the ball game um i just I just would have liked to see them do that from start to finish, have a made up mind that they was going to attack our corners and put pressure on those guys and uh, I thought that would have gave them a better chance of winning
0: also uh on defense they they were real late or unwilling, I would say to make adjustments. Um, they went out there with, uh, with the game plan of and Michael Thomas and letting everybody else get what they get. But, uh, especially looking at the past few weeks since Taysom had been the starter, I don't understand why you don't key in on the run and let the pass be the thing that beats you. So that was, um, that was weird to me. What did you think about Taysom Hill's performance? Taysom Hill had another average performance to me.
1: A lot of people felt like he played at a high level. Um, And I'm not going to sit up here and play the, you know, could have, should have, would have game with Taysom Hill because to me a lot of balls that he thrown was 50-50 balls. We saw Atlanta get their hands on a couple balls and just drop the interceptions. But Taysom made some good reads. Uh, He didn't make any just... It's horrible decisions to me. He used his legs a lot. I, I would have to give Taysom Hill, I'm going to go B-minus here because he got the win, he scored 21 points, he had 83 yards rushing, and he threw for two touchdowns. So I'm going to give him a B-minus here. Uh, how did you see his performance? How, how do you grade it?
0: To me, and this this isn't saying a lot, but to me that was his best performance to date throughout his three by, starts or by four, by four. It, was his, it was his best performance but as you said it was an average performance you know um there were some bad passes um but there were also some really good ones uh michael thomas uh on that what it was third and 17 uh to mm. the sideline that was a yeah. great pass but then you have a bad pass where he could have hit kamara in stride on one play and it'd be a touchdown and he ended up throwing it behind him, yeah. um, but uh, this was the first game I looked at him and was like, "Hmm, with an off season, he could be decent. Right? He could be decent for us with an off season, right?" Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing amazing. He did, he did what he was asked to do, and that's really all that matters at this point. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would, I would lean with you—a B minus, a C plus. Right
1: yeah. up in there. Yeah. And just to, just to backtrack just a little bit, uh, you touched on how he was able to convert on third and 17 and how Atlanta decided to play him. And I think if you Atlanta, you are built to play the pass more than a run. So you don't. Atlanta so small, but they make up for their size and their speed. So I, I think what it was was that they kind of took approach to just get more hats to the ball than they usually do against the run. That that's really the uh, the plan that I think they they went for with the run. And when you look at Taysom Hill, the one thing he's been able to do in every start that, that he's made this year is have a connection with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas get a lot of uh, targets, where there's Drew Brees or Taysom Hill. So you're just given if there's anybody who. They're going to game plan to, to force feed. is going to be Michael Thomas when Taysom Hill is in there, obviously. So I think Atlanta tried to cut off Michael Thomas' water and said we'll live with everybody else beating us. And, and we were able to do that. Atlanta made it close, but, you know, t- we were able to, to pull off the win.
0: And that's the other thing about Taysom Hill, too, um, in all three of his starts. Because um, when you look at his stats, you say, man, he had 230 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. He ran for 83 yards, but they only put up 21 points. Um, the opportunities are there for him to score, but like I say, that just comes – there are just those times where it's either the unnecessary fumble or uh, the bad pass that ends up uh, putting us uh, in a bad situation or in a, in a uh, long third down to where we can't convert and actually put points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I hate that you, you hate to leave points cause we should, we should be scoring more points. You think um, so? I do. I absolutely do. Mm, okay. Um, uh, 21,
1: 24. Um, a lot of times I actually see that as the ceiling fuzz right now. And that's not even a knock on take. Well, I guess it is a knock on t- some Hill, but it's more because we know how Sean Payton coaches, uh, Sunday, he tried to keep his, his, uh, foot on the gas pedal. However, we just had some things that didn't go our way that that caused us to put the defense back on the field. But when the defense is playing this good, Sean Payton is not going to put Taysom Hill on the offense in risky situations. So long as we're holding teams to 10 and 13, I don't expect us to score 30. Um, if we're going to hold a team to 10, 13, I really do expect us to only score 21, 24 points, simply because that's the the, the kind of football that we play. We normally don't just come continually to, you know, run up the score on teams and, and have these crazy blowouts, uh, if you would say, especially not with a team like uh Atlanta, who you definitely don't want to take chances and put their offense back on the field. And I kind of feel like um, you know, at times we don't give Taysom enough credit, I guess I guess I should say. Because a lot of these games could be going a whole lot worse too. Um a win is is a win in the NFL. Now we know if it, if Drew Brees was there, we would be winning um in a more comfortable fashion. But for a guy like, like you said, who, you know, really never had no time with nobody who who really needs a full offseason, I'll take these three wins. Uh
0: yeah, that's hard for me. I can't I I can't be like, oh, it could be going worse. Just because you just because you've been in this system. Mm-hmm. And obviously they got their faith in you. Mm-hmm. So if it was any worse, that would be a whole different problem. Um, really, but I, I and and to the, like three weeks in, I still feel like Jameis gives us of the better chance. Okay, the better. Like he would be way more fluent in the offense. I feel like he would mm-hmm. give us. Uh, he would be putting up more points, basically. Okay. Yeah, and
1: I can go I can go with that because it's kind of mind-blowing to me at this point of the season Sean Payton feels like Taysom Hill gives us our better chance of winning because I, in the beginning of the year I could see it, but where we are now, Jameis Winston knows the playbook, feels should feel comfortable or whatnot. Uh, I, I just feel like his experience, him being able to uh, read defenses better at this point. All of that good stuff will give us a better chance, but will take some. I just can't take away from him because he's actually winning. And okay, I'm
0: not. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I'm also not in. I'm not going to entertain. Let's just give him credit because he's not worse than what he is. You know, right? Yeah, like like and, me and you had about the it, same expectations of him. When, when he, he got game. announced to be the starter. And yeah. he's met those he's mm-hmm. met those expectations, you know. Right. But it was low. Yeah. It <laughs> <They> was <were> low. It was low.
1: But you know, he's doing he's playing without his tackle in, in Armstead. Uh, I think this is Armstead's third game missing. He's missed all three with Taysom Hill, I wanna say.
0: I want to say he was there for the first one. I think of the first one may have been when he got hurt, matter of fact.
1: Okay. But you know what? It's really like no matter who's missing because the defense has just been playing great and we haven't really played nobody uh, of a high caliber, um, that a high a capable team of putting pressure on us to cause him to get back on the field and score. So it's a little bit of of everything. You got Jason yeah. playing above average, uh, uh, meeting expectations. You have the running game popping. You have the defense playing phenomenal. Special teams is amazing. Um, you know, they had their issues this Sunday. And that's another thing. If if Lutz would have been available for those field he would have made the first one that he hurt himself on. Yeah. he been available to pick what I thought would have been – I think would have been a 52-yard field goal. Uh-huh. This game would have been a, a lot more out of reach by the time the, the late third uh, quarter came. But uh, given everything, I have the uh, – give Taysom more credit than what I have been doing these past weeks that that's what I would say okay that nation is going crazy I ain't gonna lie I don't believe in Taysom as much as a lot of other people do but (laughs) I love seeing New Orleans Saints fans embrace this dude I absolutely love it they a lot of people feel like he gives us a better chance at winning right now than Drew Brees if Drew Brees was completely healthy a lot of people saying see this what what we've been missing and I think for Taysom long as he stay ahead of the chains long as he don't find himself in those third and eights and third and nines if long as he don't we don't find ourselves in those situations Taysom Hill will be okay especially with a full year um a full off season under his belt
0: yeah and I I definitely can't argue with that. Um, but once again, it, it, it all comes down to, and I'm sure we, we'll get into this at a later date for sure about who we expect or who we would like to see uh, as the quarterback once Drew Brees retires. But uh, it, it all depends on who else is available to you. And if they, because like I say, we're talking about a guy, Jameis Winston, right now, who we may agree might be the better. Alternative, you know, right. to be going out there and starting sixteen games. So, yeah, we'll see. But once again, he's he's three and zero this far this season. He's doing exactly what is being asked of him. So, mm-hmm. no complaints for me, man. And this is the last thing I want
1: to say before we move on about Taysom Hill. Although we both feel like we will see a better version of him next year with a with a full off season. Um, teams also would have more tape. Yeah. On how to stop him and how to contain him, so they kind of go both ways. And also looking at the the money for next year, whether Drew comes back and out, we still going to be holding him dead money. Having Taysom Hill here at least gives us faith that we at least have one guy we feel comfortable starting at quarterback. So true. Got and, to take the, the bad.
0: Yeah, and um, and and that's the argument to be made for Sean Payton saying. Takes him here gives us the best chance to win because there isn't any tape on him, so you throwing him out there for three, four games, um, gives you an upper hand on your on your competition because there is no tape on him. Correct. Uh, taking four yep. reps at at quarterback. So yes, sir. Yeah. So let's uh let's touch on uh a few of these other games from the week real quick. Um, the it's Cleveland on. Tennessee game was uh not what anyone expected it to be. Uh, at one time, I want to say Cleveland was up thirty-eight to
1: seven.
0: That that game was by far the best of Baker's career. Uh, okay. He threw for three thirty and four touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, he hasn't thrown an interception since uh, Odell Beckham got hurt. Okay. Which I know we've mm-hmm. talked. Uh, we've talked. Um, off air about uh, whether he was better or felt, not better, but felt uh, less less handcuffed without a superstar out there demanding the football in that manner. Um, but it was shocking to see Cleveland perform that way, especially through the passing game, but it was more shocking to see Tennessee struggle so much on defense in that manner. So that was that was that was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So when I
1: saw this game, the first thing, well, not the first, but one of the things that I thought to myself was why we don't see Baker play like this more often. Now he he can't be perfect besides the fumble at the end of the game. He I mean he was perfect besides that. But why we don't see him play up to this level more? Because everybody pretty much plays them the same way Tennessee plays them, uh, played them. Uh, They loaded the box all night, all day. uh, You know, he was able to do some great things off of play action, but he was just super accurate more than anything. But uh, like you said, nobody really saw this game coming. Um, Cleveland played out of their minds.
0: And I don't, um, to touch on uh, last night's game, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but when I was talking about how Pittsburgh was an undefeated that didn't really feel undefeated, like this far into a season, if you got a team that's 10-0, 11-0, there's a talk of the town, man. You you can't turn on anything without them talking about the Steelers, right. about that team. And the Steelers didn't get that type of fanfare going 11-0. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just because everybody felt the way I feel about them, man. You look at that team and you're like, man, they barely getting by. Their defense is good. I'm not going to take anything away from their defense, but their offense is not suspect but inconsistent. Definitely inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from them uh, week to week. And that's why it didn't shock me at all that Washington was able to – to beat them because they should have lost last week to Baltimore.
1: I didn't see that game going like like the way it did. I had Washington playing them close but not like that, not that close. Both defenses to me was going to be unbelievable and make a whole bunch of plays and keep the game close just because of how how many great players they have on the defensive side, of the ball. But I think the thing that kind of makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about Pittsburgh the success they have had thus far and I feel like they would have uh, for the rest of the year is they have just enough offensively to keep defenses on their toes and make teams play them honest. Yep. Um, they got speed. They got possession receivers. They have somewhat of a run game and they can lay their head you know, down to rest knowing that their defense is going to play top-notch almost every single week. Not only do they job, but get takeaways, which also helps that offense. Um, Pittsburgh, to me, is is built. Is, they're a team that's built for the playoffs. They're not flashy. They're not gonna wow you. They're not gonna blow you away with all this creative stuff. They're gonna play hard nosed football, get the job done, and live the the fight another week. That's how I see Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. Um. And the only other game. Yeah, the only other game I wanted to say anything about is Bill Belichick showed his ass Sunday, didn't he? <laughs> Bill <laughs> Belichick wasn't thought people. Somebody wasn't saying something to Bill that they must have told him he lost it or something like that. Because I, 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 I had that game being a close game. The Chargers are good; they're just not there yet. Um. I did not see the Patriots beating them forty five to zero with Cam Newton only throwing for sixty nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah,
1: like there's
0: yeah, there's no one else to give credit for that than Bill Belichick and that defense. Like that's that game was wild,
1: man yeah you know the conversations we had on uh on Bill Belichick you know I have the most uh respect for Bill and it says that he's had and um this game showed it man this was a defensive game from start to finish with New England uh they made plays all over um Gilmore was absolutely brilliant again that whole secondary was was brilliant. Uh, New England found the way to get pressure at times, and they caused turnovers. And that was really the game. Like you said, New England did nothing offensively. It was crazy to see Cam Newton have four seconds in the pocket, look around, nobody's near him, get outside the pocket for an additional two to three seconds, and still wouldn't have nobody open. and would have to throw the ball away. Like, no one gets separation for New England, bro. Uh,
0: And a player that I've come to really like over the past two seasons, J.C. Jackson, uh, I didn't realize he he's leading the league now with interceptions.
1: How um, are you just starting to like him is my question. <laughs> well, last
0: season was my first I, – uh, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but last year was my first time even paying any mind to the dude, or even hearing about the dude, man.
1: Yeah, New England left him on the island last year. Like, he had no help a lot of yeah. times last year playing some great receivers. Uh.
0: Yeah. All right, so – uh Looking forward to next week, mm-hmm. um, our Saints travel to Philadelphia to take on Jalen Hurts and yep. the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Uh, um, what what, do you, how, uh, what is your vision for that game?
1: So since Taysom been playing and since we've been on this win streak, bro, I've been real mellow. I've been real chill. I've been real humble uh, taking these wins one win at a time. Bro, this is the game I just want to beat on my chest and say we're going to beat them down. We're going to beat the brakes off of them. Uh, this Philly offense is is just what we need to keep this streak going. Uh, and although I feel like that, I'm going to play it cool, man. I'm, I'm going to be humble. Uh, <laughs> Philly has a bad line, a bad O-line. And I feel like no team with a bad O-line wants to play the things right now. If you have offensive line issues, I mean any stay away from New Orleans right now because we are taking pleasure, you know, uh, of putting quarterbacks on their back. Now, we really don't have a lot of tape to go off of uh, for their their QB, so that's going to play a factor. But overall, um, I think this is going to be one of those games where we do what we do. We don't do nothing real crazy. We kind of let the game come to us, and by the time you look up you know, it's late third, early fourth quarter. We up double digits, and now the offense is pressing. And if he has to hold the ball, and it, I mean, just judging by what I've seen from Carson and wins, a lot of times he had to hold on to the ball longer than what he wanted to, and he's had yeah. to be uh, risky with the ball. That's probably going to be the same thing here. But uh, I feel real good about New Orleans' chances. Um a big thing was that Darius Slay went down for them uh, last Sunday. I'm not sure if he'd be playing. If not, I could this would be a game where Michael Thomas finishes with double digit catches and you know all that good stuff. So I really like uh I really like the Saints' chances. I'm more than sure you do too. Uh, but my question to you would be if you're if the Saints do lose, how do you see them losing this game? Yeah.
0: Huh. If the Saints lose to Philadelphia, it has to be because of turnovers. it got to be that we gave them so many chances to uh, to put up points against us or, or putting them in good field position, rather. Um, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to see us losing this game. And we talked about it earlier, and my stance has changed, even since, even from earlier when we talked. Because I was agreeing with you. I was saying, man, this is a game I can see being played close um early on and then late third quarter, fourth quarter, we done pulled away by two scores or so. And now with Jalen Hurts being the starter, I see this being a blowout. And yeah. it's mainly and it's mainly because of Sean Payton's success against rookie quarterbacks, with right. the exception in my memory. Uh, the exception being earlier this year with Justin Herbert. Um, but the way that our defense is playing at this point and and the state of their offensive line, which you pointed to, and then Sean Payton's success rate against rookie quarterbacks, I don't see this game going good for them. I don't think, um, I mean, I understand why they made the move because they're in a division to where they still have a chance to win, so they need to do whatever it takes to actually win. But this is the wrong game, I feel like, to be Mm -hmm. actually starting Jalen Hurts.
1: I feel that way too. And, bro, I get so caught up into uh, this Saints talk and my mind triggers so quick. And you start talking about quarterbacks that had success against Sean Payton, rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. My mind, in my mind, I instantly went back to RG3. I think that was his first game in the. Uh, he opened his career against us and won that game in the dome when he kind of. They ran in yep. it for a touchdown. And he fell yep. backwards. I remember and that. Uh, I remember the Derek Carr game. I think that was his rookie year, Derek Carr, when. Uh, Drew Brees scored, and then uh, he got the ball in two-minute offense. He needed a touchdown to win it, and he went down and got a touchdown and won in the Dome, his rookie year, I think that was. But uh as just show you a little bit of how much we get, yeah. how quick our minds go with this kind of stuff. But uh, I, I agree with you. We would have to pretty much give Philly this game. And, I mean, yeah. and i thought it out in every way, shape, or form. Their receivers really don't threaten us a lot, bro. I really see C.J. Gardner-Johnson. This one of them games where we, you know, he he's all over the field with a bunch of tackles and getting opportunities to blitz or whatnot. Um, But Philly line is just so bad. I just don't got man. Can you imagine they go down ten nothing? Right, like yeah. And then you got to start dialing up play-action shots, and you got to start, you know, holding on to the ball for a second or two extra.
0: No chance.
1: No chance, bro. No it's chance. A- now, the one thing that Philly do have going for them is their D-line has been consistent all yes. year. Yes, yes. Uh, they have a, a a pretty good defensive line, and we're going to have to deal with that. But I just think they will be putting a little bit too much pressure on their D-line because we we're not one of those teams that go – uh, six, seven plays and score a touchdown. Like our drivers be long as hell. So, you know that D gonna have to stay on the field for quite some time. And plus, I'm more than sure Malcolm Jenkins want to get that win uh, playing against his former team. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking. This is one of those games where we had Drew Brees. I would say
0: 34-17, but no, I think 17 is generous. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I think 17 Ooh. is absolutely generous. I will. I will give them ten reluctantly. I'll give that's, them ten. That's this, that's
1: this Sunday. Of that's if we have Drew. If we had Drew Brees, no, that's
0: this Sunday. I don't care. Who, giving them I care who quarterback? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll give them ten. Our defense, man. That, uh-huh. uh, our defense is the best in the league right now. And yeah. as you said, they don't. They don't have anything to counter that. Yeah. They don't have a great running game. They don't have a great receiver. They don't have their tight end, who's one of the best in the league. Yeah. And their offensive line is suffering. And on top of all of that, you're going to put a rookie quarterback back there for the first time. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not going to go good. It's not. Yeah.
1: I'm going I'm going to give them 14 this Sunday. I'm going to give them two touchdowns. I'm going to give them two touchdowns. I feel like in later in the ball game, where they're actually in field goal range, because the game is out of hand and they need touchdowns, they're going to be forced to go forward. So I'm I'm gonna give them 14 this Sunday,
0: and I think they get a quick field going out the gates. Uh, no, I, th- I I yeah, I give them a quick field going out the gates. I think they end up getting a big play, move them downfield, get three points, and then don't score again until it's trash time, and they mess around to get a touchdown at the end.
1: Yeah, and I and especially but we, if we them, come out and score. Yeah,
0: yeah, we both have them covering at seven though. Oh, oh,
1: definitely, definitely, and, and I'm gonna tell you something else that I think uh, I don't want you to be surprised by. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Philly decide going into this game they're gonna have to go for it on fourth down a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they gonna they should be able to treat third and long, uh, you know, play it for two downs, like on third and be be conservative on third and ten and take the seven to eight yards because you know you're going for it on fourth and two or whatever. So. Um, it, it, they should be. They should do that as well. They shouldn't, you know, uh, put all the pressure on a defense that, you know, to this point, haven't really done nothing this year.
0: Absolutely. Um. Did you have a game that you wanted to pick? Um. You go first. You go first with your game. What you got? Okay. So I see two. Just Just looking right, I see two that's gonna have my undivided attention outside of the Saints game. Uh, come Sunday. The Chiefs-Dolphins game, the Chiefs are minus seven in this game.
1: Oh, I the, can see that. I can see how they came up with that. Okay. The
0: The Chiefs is – the Chiefs aren't what they were last year when it comes to – they go out there on their field, you expect them to win by at least ten. They're – as good as their offense is, They've had games this that they've been inconsistent this year for the whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see them being upset by a Dolphins team that has probably, if not the top top one of the top three cornerback uh, duos in the league, they're probably the they're probably the best. While I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, and a good defense in general. Miami's defense has been. Solid, really solid. It has. And has. Yeah, big offense, shout out to
1: those corners.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I say, man, they, they got to be one of the best duos in the league. If they're not number one, they absolutely top three. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and an offense who who's week by week figuring out more ways to attack these defenses. Um, even with now two of being in the fold, they were running it heavy early, but then Miles Gaskin ended up getting hurt. So they've uh, opened up the passing game more. Devontae Parker has looked better with two and quarterback. Well, honestly, he's looked better in general as the season has gone on. Uh Jiseki causes uh all kind of trouble for defenses. He's one of those tight ends that you absolutely have to game plan for. I can see the Dolphins holding the Chiefs to twenty-four and being able to and being able to squeak out a victory there. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Dolphins, uh, plus seven.
1: <sighs> kind of interesting because I don't think they can hold them to 24. I don't think they're that good that they can hold them to 24. However, I think that they can make it a game to where they're losing, um, by six or less. But I, I, I. Holding holding KC to twenty four, especially after they had an off game this week, um, I I just don't I don't know if they can hold them to twenty four. I do think they can cover though. I would I would take um, uh, it wouldn't shock me if Miami covered, but um, I, I do think
0: KC score thirty. See, I I have more faith in. Miami's defense, and you seem to have more faith in their offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 and, and it's not that I think
1: the world of them. It's just that you know what you're going to get from KC on the defensive side of the ball. Exactly. They, you know, they're they going to rely a lot on man-to-man defense. And uh, Devontae Parker, He, I mean, he kills man-to-man. So, um, And it's not like KC get a whole lot of pressure neither. But I mean, it's one of them games where – Miami is going to have to get off to a quick start on both sides of the ball.
0: And I, I absolutely think they will. That's, that's going to be an interesting one to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Which one did
0: you want to touch on? Um, so one that I saw was uh, Tampa
1: Bay um, minus six and a half against Minnesota. Um, Not only do I take Tampa to cover, I take Tampa to actually win that game. Uh, I think uh, Tampa get, having a late bye, I think is going to pl- uh, help them out a lot on both sides of the ball. Uh, Tom Brady's his best when, you know, he gets a chance to the study before a game. He hardly ever loses off coming off of a bye. Um, we know Minnesota have their moments when they could run the ball down your throat, and then sometimes Kirk Cousins will light you up um, with England and, and Jefferson. But um, I think this is going to be a game that Tampa Bay comes out prepared uh, more mentally than anything because we know that they have the weapons. So I'm definitely taking uh, Tampa Bay in, in that game. Uh, another game that I like is uh, the Rams giving up uh, six to New England. I am going to take the Rams in that game. Uh, I hate taking the Rams because when I take them, they don't cover for me. They cover every blue moon. Um, But from a football standpoint, uh, Cam Newton struggles um, to move the ball for New England at times, especially against good defenses. And the Rams are one of the better defenses in football. The only thing that have me even somewhat second-guessing this pick, is the fact that Belichick done such a tremendous job against Jared Goff and his round offense when they had uh, what could have been MVP uh, of the lead in Todd Gurley. He still shut them down uh, in the Super Bowl. So – Given that, that's the only thing that makes me second-guessing and not feel too sure, but I got to go with the eye test and the Rams uh, have been more consistent this year and New England struggles have been real. So uh, I'm going to take the Rams minus six.
0: Um, The Tampa Bay one, I, I, I've gotten to the point now to where I just don't trust them as a really? team. The bye week absolutely helps. Like this is... This is this is why I wish we had a bye week every year. It's like late <laughs> in the season, oh, but both years it seemed like we'd be needing it at week four, week five. So, but the bye week is definitely going to help. I think I would take the Vikings to cover that, but for the Buccaneers to end up winning it, yeah, uh, like you say, we we know what we're gonna get out of the Vikings. The Vikings defense, they're solid for the most part. What they're gonna try to do is uh, chew clock for a lot of that game with Dalvin Cook. And strike when they get the chances. Um, yeah, I could definitely see the Bucks winning, but the Vikings being able to stay within that touchdown and the Rams Patriots one. That's you picked two games that I wasn't even looking at, so I love that. Um, man, that the Rams is another because <laughs> we talked about them last week. Their whole division, right? And being, being a team that man every week they can be beat. Yeah. All of them have been playing every week. They can be beat.
1: But they all got something to play for as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think the Patriots do as well at this point. The Patriots really like, they have a real chance of still making the postseason. And I think it's going to be a defensive game. I think the Patriots' defense mm-hmm. will, will fail well against the Rams. Yep. And the Rams are going to fail well against the Patriots because the Patriots. Yep. Have the weapon. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Um, God. I I think I'll roll with you, though. I think i take the Rams to cover that.
1: Yeah, and I'm going extremely uh, extremely low. I, I have it 20 to 10 Rams.
0: Yeah, I can see it. I can definitely see no more than 20 being scored by either team. Yeah. Um, All right, go ahead. Before you do that, because that's crazy, could you didn't pick either of the other games I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to throw one of them at you real quick. Uh, the Steelers and the Bills.
1: <laughs> all right, okay. The
0: Bills are favorite two and a half. The Bills are at home. What you got? I got Pittsburgh. You got Pittsburgh. I got Pittsburgh in that game. Josh Allen and that Bills offense is rolling at this point. They are? All- that def- we know what the defense is. We know we know how good and how solid that defense is going to be. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about how inconsistent the Steelers' offense can be at times. Yeah, I think the Bills will be able to outscore them. Um, I, I think I think the Bills are on the road right now, uh, and I I think they're going to end up giving the Steelers the second loss. I, I I really wanted to see where you stood on that.
1: Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh. Um, Josh Allen got all the time in the world to deliver fo- the football uh, against San Francisco. That's not going to be the case with Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh got playmakers on the field. Um, they can load the box, but also fast enough to to drop back in coverage. And that that's been the thing about P- uh, Pittsburgh defense all year is how quick they they make the assignment, how well they pass off guys and things of that nature. Uh-huh. Josh Allen ha- has played great at times this year. He got, he was real hot in the beginning of the year. Then he had one of those games just, um, that was yesterday. They played. Was that yesterday? Uh, uh-huh. no, but yeah, that was yesterday. Buffalo played, um, play San Francisco. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he had another one of those games just yesterday. Um, But against Pittsburgh, man, Pittsburgh don't really miss on assignments. It was so many blown coverages from San Francisco in that game to where they giving up touchdowns. And you see Richard Sherman, he had, uh, he was, it was doomed if he did, doomed if he didn't. Uh, If he would have came, came up, he was giving up a touchdown. If he stayed back, he giving up a huge completion. That happened to him three or four times uh, in the night. But Pittsburgh don't have those problems. So uh, just coming off their first loss, they're going to be hungry. Buffalo going to be hungry. Um, you know, just having a huge game um, and and Josh Allen playing out of his mind. But I just have to lean more on what I've seen, the most consistent team this year. And to me, that's been Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's very interesting you threw that game up because I was going to catch you off guard with a quick pick Like, just take your pick. I'm going to call out some teams and I'm going to want you take your pick. Pittsburgh and Buffalo was one of those was one of those uh, games. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cleveland, okay. Colts, Raiders, Colts. Even with even if um, their quarterback
0: don't play, Phillip Rivers not gonna mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. I'm um, saying even if he don't get hurt. Yeah, even if he's hurt, Jacoby okay. Brissett. I, yeah, okay. I can believe in that. Yeah. Look, and I'm gonna give you one a little
1: harder. Houston Bears
0: Bears Ooh. Just be, just because, just because It seems like, like the football gods got some <laughs> payback against Houston right now. Uh, ain't nothing going in their favor at this point. So you uh, telling
1: You don't think the Bears going to score 16 points? I mean, uh, Houston going to score 16 points is what you're telling me.
0: Nah, man. And, you know, I'm a fan of that Bears defense. Houston's offense isn't nothing special. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I can absolutely see them not scoring any more than 16 points. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Cool. Um. We could transition into uh, NBA, just a little bit of NBA talk, if you didn't have anything left for uh, NFL.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, something interesting I saw earlier that I just wanted to bring up because I, I, <laughs> it's so crazy that it fell on today. Um, nine years ago today was when David Stern vetoed the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade.
1: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs>
0: Chris Paul would have went to L.A. Gasol would have went to Houston. And the Hornets would have got Lamar Odom, Lewis Scola, Kevin Martin, and Goran Dragic
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, at a first-round pick. Think of how differently how differently do you think things could have been, man, if My that trade went Paul, through. Chris Paul would have a ring by now, man. Paul would have a ring. Absolutely. <laughs> <dog, man. laughs> I
1: remember <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, the the buzz around New Orleans at the time because Chris Paul actually was looking forward to getting out of New Orleans, uh-huh. uh, and that would have been a sight to see. And you got to remember, basketball was different back then. You having a a, a Kobe Bryant who was still great uh, playing on side Chris Paul in his prime. Oh, that would have been nasty, man. Yep, yeah, yeah, that would have been nasty. Um. Uh- Go ahead. So real quick, normally we uh we talk trades. Normally we talk um just transactions that have happened and and upcoming games. But I wanted to do something a little different today. I wanted to catch you off go with something that uh, also related to the NBA. So I saw Kyrie Irving kind of drop a, a comment about playing with Kevin Durant, and you know it, it's pretty old now because this isn't his first time saying it, but just was saying, kind of talking about how uh, he played, he's now playing with somebody who he feel can make every shot just like he can, somebody who he really can see himself trusting in, in clutch situations. Uh, how do you feel about that comment? Do you feel like LeBron is in clutch or do you feel like Kyrie was pretty accurate with, uh, with his comments?
0: So, uh... For years, I've always been a part of the if LeBron is the best player on the court, he should be taking that last shot. He should be able to force his way to the foul line and take those free throws. He seems to shy away from that and things of that nature. Um, And then I I just, look, I got on board. Okay, look, this is who he is. (laughs) Regardless of (laughs) the time of the game, regardless of how many points are down, how many seconds are left he's looking to make the best basketball play rather than to take over because for one, he's not uh he he's not an elite scorer. that's just not who he is. um, so making the best basketball play and putting the ball into a position where it gives you a higher quality or higher percentage shot is just what he does right so. In the grand scheme of things, no. I don't feel like he's a clutch player. But he's always going to make the right play, which can translate to clutch moments, just not necessarily him being the one making or taking the shot.
1: Yeah. I definitely don't have him being clutch. And it's crazy because he has hit more game winners than anyone in the history of basketball to this point. Yeah, So that's more than your Michael Jordans, your Kobe Bryans, Yeah, Allen Alverson, even the Ray Allens and my favorite player, Reggie Miller. Uh, When you think of clutch, those are some of the guys who you think of. And just to think that LeBron James have more than double than what some of those guys have is absolutely ridiculous. And yet, we still don't consider him clutch. Like you, I'm just more of a, if you're that guy, you not only take those shots, but you live for these shots. You know what I'm saying? Like. You absolutely live for him because that's what makes us uh, gravitate to those guys who we always love our favorites, right? Uh, you knew when Indiana was down one, two, or three, it wasn't a question who was about to shoot this thing. Same thing with Michael Jordan, same thing with Kobe Bryant, so forth and so on. But with LeBron, we can count on him making the right basketball play at all times. Like yeah. at, by, I don't care what's on the line. I don't care what we playing for. I don't care who arena we at. I don't care what month it is. I don't care if it's his birthday. I don't care if it's your birthday. That man making the right basketball play every single time, and um, I like LeBron, but that's that's one of the the, the traits of his that I cannot stand. Just, Absolutely,
0: percent, so, uh, and and like I say, I don't hold it against him anymore either. Like I I've just come to accept. Look, man, that man out there making the best basketball play. Uh, every, every, <laughs> no matter, no matter the situation, and that's because that he's better at that than being, Hey, I'm give me the ball, get out the way, I'm gonna wrap this up. It's just, you know, it's just what if you wouldn't ask Tony Allen to go out there and take a clutch three, don't ask LeBron to be out there doing it when that's not what he's, you know, best at. Oh, so, yeah, one thing, one thing about Kyrie, though, man, like. Why was that comment even necessary? Because it's Kyrie, like, and that's what Kyrie he, for do. For me, I look at it I, now. I'm looking at him like, well, you don't want to be the one taking those clutch shots. Now you, you. To me, he sounds kind of relieved that he has somebody else there that can that can take on those responsibilities. That's how I take it. What I t- what I how
1: I took it in was that he kind of didn't express it the way that you or I may have would have expressed it. I think what it was, was he lived for those moments. He didn't mind the pressure. It's just no matter what he done, the media always looked at it like LeBron and the Cavaliers won, instead of looking at it like Kyrie Irving and the Cavaliers won, or Kyrie led the Cleveland Cavaliers to victory. Because like LeBron said, in the grand scheme of things, you're going to say, I'm not clutch. However, we came back from three to one and we pulled off a championship. But yeah. yet you're going to say that I'm not clutch. I'm by far the greatest basketball player you ever played with. And yet you're going to say I'm not clutch. So I can it's, see how LeBron took it and how he looked at it uh, and and took it all in. But for Kyrie, I always said this, like Kyrie wants his own team. He wants to be the man. He wants to win. He wants to be the reason they win. He wants all that attention. I don't know. What he thought he was going to get teaming up with Kevin Durant, this just had to be, all right, this is my homeboy. I want to play with him, whatever. Because if you thought LeBron didn't give you enough shine or give you enough opportunity to do anything on the offensive side of the ball, there's no way you thought playing with Kevin um, Durant, you're going to get more than that.
0: Oh, see, I disagree with that. Kevin Durant is definitely going to open him up more opportunities on offense uh, just because Kevin Durant, is so fluent with playing, uh, playing off the ball for one, mm-hmm. um, and he's used to he coming from Golden State, he's used to sharing. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it, I don't, and even with Russell Westbrook, he he's used to sharing. I I definitely think uh, Kyrie sees more offensive opportunities with the ball in his hand and not having to play off ball as he did with LeBron. Um, and like he's, I Kyrie may want to be. The man of a team and be the reason why they winning, but man, you you were given the opportunity and you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like there were Felt clean years before, uh, before LeBron, and now you you go to Boston and you make that team worse, essentially, right? Worse than I hate this team they had ooh. with uh, ooh, the guy
1: that they had there before. They had Terry Roger, bro, who I thought was the up and coming point guard, bro. Oh,
0: Isaiah Thomas. Is who I was thinking about. Said, oh, yeah.
1: He was
0: yeah. He got it. yeah. Yeah. So, like, you come in and make that team worse. Mm-hmm. As a, as a much better player. So, man, I don't – it's time for him to start uh, lowering his expectations of what he can actually do and be responsible for. And, see, when I was talking
1: about the offensive scheme of things, sure, LeBron demands the ball more than – Kevin Durant for us actually having the ball in his control, dribbling, setting up that, you know, those aspects. But what I'm talking about is having the chance to be that guy. Because like you said, when playing with LeBron, he's going to make the best basketball play. And nine out of 10 times, game-winning shots where a, a jump shot is going to be involved, Kyrie was going to take that shot more than likely than LeBron. What I'm saying is now playing with Kevin Durant, Kerry Durant is going, is going to take those responsibilities. I oh, think it's absolutely. going to
0: Absolutely, but but for those first 46 minutes, Kyrie, do what you want. You want to you, you get cooking, you want to get going, go ahead. It like, KD's not going to mind that. It was the
1: same thing when he played with LeBron James, though. LeBron James didn't bring the ball up the floor every single play like he do with the Lakers now when he was yeah, playing with is, Kyrie.
0: Though. Like, it though. Like, it wasn't many times where LeBron not out here playing off ball. How many times in the playoffs?
1: Where and then that's what really matters. How many times in the playoffs did they give the ball to Kyrie and let him iso and let him work his magic? And he was able to get in the lane, pull off floaters, make the right pass at times. All those good things. I'm just saying, it's not like LeBron handcuffed you to where you couldn't be you. I guess is what I'm saying. Because to me, that's how he was trying to make it make it seem. And then he was like, you know, when they got in the thick, when the game got thick then you want to kind of give me the ball. And then that's how I took it. Like you like, that's what you should want. Anybody who feel like they the best or trying to be the best. That's what they should want. They should want the ball in those, in those situations. True.
0: True, But as a point guard, you want to be in control in general for 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, And that's, you know, and that's obviously where his problem lays. And you can understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be more of a traditional point guard, and you saying that was your biggest concern? Cool, I guess how about that? But I mean, I think people fail to realize even with the the game, the the shot he hit to take the lead against Golden State when they won the when they won the championship, bro. That was an isolation. That was LeBron passing you the ball off the screen, and you going to you going to work on on uh Stephen Curry. That wasn't no drawn up play where you came off a backdoor screen and you know you was free to take a wide open in three. That was here. You go. I respect you. Go get your bucket. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah I just think he kind of made too too big of a deal about it. Um, was there anything else in basketball that you saw um, that caught your attention?
0: Um. Well, of course, the John Wall uh, Russell Westbrook trade. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me is no different than the Chris Paul Russell Westbrook trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lateral move. Um. I guess with John Wall you just get more of a uh a, a open-minded player to fit into your scheme that can do all the same things that Russell Westbrook can can do just with less problems, cause less issues. Um with uh Washington I I now you get John Wall with the problems. Like <laughs> for both teams, they were just lateral moves, in my opinion. I got you.
1: Um, the I, I appreciate what Houston did. They recognized the problem. James Harden they obviously didn't want to play with Russell no more. It wasn't working, and they got him the best thing available. I I actually like the John Wall move. I like the the whole new philosophy of basketball that Houston is doing. I hated the small ball lineup. You know I'm not a fan of that. And they tried their best to correct it in one offseason. A very yeah. limited offseason at that. And they did a good so job. I, and and I, like what, I like it. But unless you can get James Tartan sold out to want to be there, none of that matters at this point. And he wants out, bro. Like, he not he going wants out and sooner or later, Houston is going to have to realize it. They're going to have to swallow their losses, and they're going to have to move them. No, they don't. Why would I, they have to do that? Because if he don't want to be there, it's just going to bring the team down. Nobody, Boy, young, boy I can kill this. See, see, I can kill it. I, see, can kill it I, I, just, freaking I don't like down. that. Okay. I, I don't like that because now we're watching the guy. People already feel like he don't care enough. Now we're watching the guy who really don't care. He misses Shot, he a turn or whatever. He don't play defense. He really don't care now. And see, I'm just
0: saying, and, see man. when uh, people, people, people expect that, and people, people suspect that that can happen. Point me into a situation where that's ever actually been the case? Cause at the like at the end of the day, man, these dudes are professionals,
1: bro. You know how many people yeah. have have played, and I mean, just I heard Gilbert speak on the podcast today about that, about like how he played. But he wasn't going to give it his all uh, or that? something of that nature, especially when players are is normally contract situations. Ooh. But we always talk about how players have the power. I'm not sure if you normally agree with me or not. Uh, but I feel like the players hold more power in the NBA more than ever these days. And unless those guys are happy, unless you do whatever it takes to, to keep these guys happy. I mean, they're not going to give you their all at times, man. Can you imagine yeah. Kawhi stuck in San Antonio? Uh, you know, still uh, and Pop still trying to force San to play. You think he micromanaged himself this season with the Clippers? Uh, what do you think we would have got if he was in, still in San Antonio?
0: Um, yeah, see, yeah, we just disagree on that, man. I I don't see uh I don't see James Harden playing any differently or giving any less effort if he's forced to stay there for the next three years. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't. Uh, and if you're Houston, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for your organization. And if you're telling me they're going to mess around and turn James Harden into, um, at minimum, what, Milwaukee, what uh, Milwaukee gave the Pelicans for Drew Holiday, then okay, oh, I see it. A bunch of first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two established that, yeah. players, yep. I can understand that. But I don't think they, I don't think anybody's offering that for him. Well,
1: we'll see. I just don't like uh, when, especially star players, when they're in places where they don't want to be. Uh, and maybe next year, whatever, later on this year, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll happen. But you got a new coach who's saying he already want to play James different. I never see James playing no other way than what the way he already plays right now. Well, you um, got to remember,
0: before D'Antoni got there, he wasn't playing like that.
1: But his before, game has always been the No matter
0: he, what, he was able to just be an off guard, an off the ball guard.
1: And that's what he's going. That's what he's going to be now. Whether he James Harden is either going to be dribble, dribble, shoot, a dribble, dribble pass. He's not posting up. He's not cutting. He won't. He's no, no, not he's doing, doing so that. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So no matter how it go, you're the same player. You're not hiding. We know you going to have the ball when you do your thing. It's going to be dribble dribble shoot, dribble dribble pass.
0: Yeah, I get. I mean, we going we going to see once again they they've definitely done a good job at like you say restructuring this team and uh and and giving that offense a different look and and different possibilities going forward. So we definitely going to see how that plays out.
1: Yes, sir. All right. Well, we'll keep a close eye on that. Um We'll go ahead and wrap the show up here. Uh, we just would like to say thank you to everyone, uh, like always, who lend us your ear for 45 minutes to an hour or so. Uh, continue to support us. Continue to leave comments. Continue to drop uh, on Messenger on Facebook. We've been getting a whole lot of messages about different topics. We would definitely try our best to acknowledge all of them. So thank you guys for tuning in for another
0: episode. Sid, it's been real, my boy, like always. Of course. One more thing. Um, be looking out, everybody. I'm going to throw out uh, a Facebook page for the actual show. That way we can start putting out polls and really interacting with all of y'all and getting y'all ideas just like that. So be looking out for that. Uh, like Red said, we appreciate y'all and we'll catch y'all next week. Who that?